Our New Testament reading comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, and this is our sermon text for today. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished saying, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each one of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others mocking said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who are in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Let's speak to God. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text, as Pastor Sam has just announced, is that reading from Acts chapter 2, the account of the great day of Pentecost. Last week at his ascension, Jesus had promised what we've just witnessed in our readings for today. And last week, I shared with you that one of the things that's been happening to me recently as the pastors and the deaconess study the sermon text together is that words to songs that I have sung hundreds of times keep popping into my head. They come alive with sort of a fresh new intensity and meaning, and it happened again. 
an old song that we used to sing every Sunday right after the sermon started playing, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Look, every Sunday when we prepare to preach, your pastors ask themselves, what do I want to happen in the lives of my listeners as a result of hearing this sermon? And that's it for today. Create in me, create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. Vicar Girdle commented last week in our study time that one of his seminary professors used to chide future preachers not to degrade their role as proclaimers of all of the powerful word of God to that of being, quote, a curator of a, a religious museum. As if we are here to admire our past and explain all of the ancient artifacts of what happened 2,000 years ago, rather than transforming people's lives, awakening hearts to the power of life in Christ, creating clean hearts and renewing right spirits within us. The sound of a rushing wind. Now, not the actual gale force of a hurricane, but emanating from somewhere outside, it came closer and closer until it filled the house where they were gathered. In my mind, it's the sound of a jet engine taxiing out to the end of the runway until that moment of takeoff, and it roars to life with enough power to lift tons of metal and baggage and people gracefully into the air. Those outside gathered in Jerusalem for the annual celebration of the Old Testament feast of Pentecost, a one-day, once-a-year celebration of the harvest, heard it and they began to gather and they were from all over the civilized world as the catalog of nations and countries reveals. Those inside were the 12 chosen leaders of the next phase of God's plan of salvation. But not only the 12, the text reports in the chapter just before that there were 120 in all gathered that day, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, his biological brothers, and others who had come to believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior. So I guess it wasn't a cottage at the Lutheran Haven or even a typical house in suburbia, although I've seen a few that I think could certainly accommodate that number, but maybe another kind of structure altogether different, like we might call this building a house of God. Now a quick check 
of the cross-references in your Bible will reveal that God has shown up in the sound of a mighty wind on other occasions. Elijah in his cave hiding out. Job as he was questioning God. Ezekiel as he began to work his work as a prophet. And then you add to that that the word spirit in Hebrew is the same as the word for wind. And just to make it undeniably real, a fire breaks out among them, but without the destruction of ordinary flames like the burning bush that called Moses into leadership, like the pillar of fire that protected the Israelites from the armies of Egypt as they crossed the Red Sea, make no mistake, God is present. The Holy Spirit one with the Father and the Son from all eternity, sometimes called the silent partner of the one and only omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, creating and sustaining triune God of the universe has been present in this world since the beginning. Read the second verse of your Bible. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Noah believed and built an ark. How? By the power and presence of the Holy Spirit working faith in him. Abraham believed and it was counted to him as righteousness. How? By the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working faith in him. David believed and loved God with his whole heart. How? By the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit working faith in him. All of it leading to the climax, to the turning point, to the moment that all creation has been holding its breath waiting for. The birth, the life, the death, the resurrection, and the ascension of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. You see, the Holy Spirit's work is to shine the light on Jesus. So like spotlights on a skyscraper at night in New York City, he draws our eyes ever upward in wonder. And on this day, this day of Pentecost, we walk over to the shrubbery concealing the spotlight and say, yep, there it is, the Holy Spirit. Here is a fresh, new outpouring as Jesus explained in our gospel. And now the moment has arrived. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me with your free spirit. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. The very same 
blowing, burning Holy Spirit is attached to the words that I am speaking to you. To the words that, that you've been singing. To the words of the prayers and the scripture. To the bread and the wine of the Lord's Supper that awaits us. To the water of your baptism every time you remember it. To the conversations that you will have with fellow believers about your life and God's work in it through faith in Jesus. The evidence of the blowing, burning presence of the Holy Spirit is in the changed lives of the people sitting in this room. Do you know their stories? Here are three. And mind you that they are more like composites of all of our stories, lest you sit there trying to figure out who I'm talking about. A woman battling addiction, trying with all of her might to overcome it, and having moments of sobriety only to fall back into self-medication of those dark emotions that life has a, has a tendency to produce, coming to a moment of surrender, admitting that she is helpless to conquer her addiction alone. And Jesus showed up intimately, personally, face-to-face -face present with her in a supernatural way that has her stringing one day at a time to another a life of freedom. Freedom from her past, freedom from the slavery of addiction. Look, the evidence of the burning, blowing presence of the Holy Spirit is the changed lives of the people sitting in this room. Do you know their stories? See, there's a devout, Bible-believing, catechism-quoting, hard-working man who has proven beyond a doubt that if you are born into just the right circumstances, good or bad, and you try hard enough, you can succeed. And if you are failing, it's because you haven't really given it 100%. Which resulted in him feeling better than just about everybody else, made him dismissive and indifferent to those not applying themselves as he thought they should, and making him a hard person to love, much less like. When Jesus showed up, intimately, personally, face-to-face, present in a supernatural way that has him volunteering at a homeless ministry and experiencing the life of joy. Look, the evidence of the blowing, burning presence of the Holy Spirit is the changed lives of the people sitting in this room. Do you know each other's stories? A man who was raised in a Christian home, attending church, going to a Christian school, seeking now fulfillment in his family, 
a beautiful wife, a couple perfect children, and a successful career, but who still felt like something was missing, so that like Solomon, he went and tried everything under the sun, only to discover that nothing truly satisfied his heart until he hit bottom and he wondered whether life was even worth living. And Jesus showed up intimately, personally, face-to-face, present in a supernatural way that has awakened his heart to a life of sacrifice for others. Look, I don't know all your stories, but I do know that the Holy Spirit is here. Engine revving on the runway waiting for takeoff to lift your hearts to soar for the first time or for the 10,000th time as the case may be. But look at the reaction of the crowds on that first day of Pentecost. See, sometimes I think that we are quite afraid to put our whole selves in and shake it all about, imagining that being filled with the Holy Spirit is weird and wacky, running around, gibbering in unknown languages, wild-eyed and shouting, praise the Lord. Maybe, maybe not. That's not been my experience, but I am not dismissing anyone here who has had that experience. Rather, I am saying that God works in each one of us exactly as he sees necessary to bring us over and over to this face-to-face moment with Jesus. Nevertheless, we wind up Settling for putting our right hand in or our left foot. We try reading our Bibles, but it doesn't make any sense. We decided to start coming back to church, hoping that we would be amazed and astonished if the music is powerful and the preaching entertaining. And then making a mockery of the whole thing as we head out of the door and go back to the same old ways of living and thinking and speaking and feeling. But not today. Please, almighty God, not today. Restore unto us the joy of thy salvation and uphold us with your free spirit. Are you ready? Look, to be ready, Jesus said you had to be poor in spirit. In other words, you cannot be so full of yourself or some other spirit like envy or greed or lust or bitterness that there's no room for the Holy Spirit. Today, the Holy Spirit floods into your life like water, filling up a collapsed plastic container that's all balled up with little pockets of air trapped here and there, and he begins to unfold you more and more as he forces out everything else in your life until you overflow with rivers of living water. Look, the last days 
began last week when Jesus ascended into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And it will end these last days when he comes again in glory. In the meantime, the Holy Spirit hooks on to the uniqueness of you as an unrepeatable miracle of God, sons, daughters, young, old, male, female, so that you might become more and more the real you that God created you to be. So that your whole life prophesies, that is, testifies, bears witness to the forgiveness of sins and new life that starts right now and it never ends. And the wonders and the signs? Well, Jesus taught his followers that these are the cataclysmic convulsions of this world, earthquakes and floods and wars and rumors of war. And so we read the news And we offer our help where we can, but we stay calm because the great and magnificent day of Jesus is closer now than ever before. What does it mean to be saved? What do you think of when someone asks you, are you saved? Because I think most of us oversimplify it to mean something like, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Which is an escapist vision of this life. (laughs) Just hold on until we get out of here. Sometimes we use the metaphor of a drowning victim being rescued as a picture of what it means to be saved. But listen, if after being pulled out of the drink, water pumped out of your lungs, air breathed back into them, your heart shocked back to a regular rhythm, you just lay on the beach staring up at the sky, what was the point of your rescue, of your salvation? Being saved is living more and more today than you did yesterday, a life of freedom. Free from sin, free from all fear. A life of joy, secure no matter what your circumstances. A life of sacrifice, giving your time and your unique abilities and your money to extend the kingdom of God, which is the world put right, right now through faith in Jesus until he comes again. And a life of renewal. Forgetting what is behind, the wrong that you've done, it's been forgiven at the cross. The wrong that is done to you because it will only make you bitter. And then striving and straining forward toward the finish line when Jesus will take you either through death and the grave or he will come again in glory. That's what it means to be saved. A life of freedom and joy and sacrifice and renewal. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation and uphold us again this week with your free spirit. Amen.